Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Wall. And we are back for the 2022 season previews. We're going to bring you the SEC today. Uh, going to be exciting. We had the national championship come out of the SEC last year, obviously, in Georgia. Uh, we'll see if they can repeat this year. We're going to go over some win totals. We have our uh, our trusty local SEC and all of college football uh, professional analyst over here and Michael Story. Michael, welcome back to the rundown again for the 2022 season. Thanks, guys. This is exciting. It's a good time of year. You know, we've got uh, fantasy drafts coming up. I already started looking into that. Win totals are already up on the sports books. So I'm eager to dive right in. This is very exciting. So thanks for having me back for this season, guys. Yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way, right, Wall? No, man, I'm glad he's here talking the big boys today. The SEC, along with the Big Ten, they run the show, right, Woach? Right, and uh, first off, we're going to start with the big dog, Alabama. Uh, I mean, the Crimson Tide, what can you say? They're just going to be the obvious pick every single year, probably the odds-on favorite to win it all every single year. And, you know, the funny thing that I get is Crimson Tide. I mean, Saban doesn't have to do any work. He needs a wide receiver. Let's just go get some. Gets Jeremiah Burton from Georgia. Gets Tyler Harrell from Louisville. Needs some uh, needs some secondary help. Okay, let's go out to. I can't remember the secondary that they ended up getting. Um, I think it was from LSU. Eli Ricks. Uh, yeah, let's just go get those guys. Let's go get the prime guys. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is a big improvement to the running game considering what it was last year. Am I wrong, Story? Not at all. This is a, a team that is. Uh, it's got talent on both sides of the ball. I think you've got two of the best players in college football in Bryce Young and Edge, Will Anderson Jr. Uh, so d- offense strong, defense strong. Um, this, to me, feels like Saban's vengeance tour. After losing to Georgia in the national championship game last year, I feel strongly that they're going to put their foot on the gas and they're not going to let up. It's going to be a, lo- a long year for Alabama opponents, but I see them easily cruising past um, several of these teams on this docket. I don't think the game against Texas A&M is going to be uh, nearly as bad as it was last year. It was pretty disgusting last year. And I really don't think that Texas game in week two poses that much of a challenge for them. So if we're looking at over-under totals, uh, Caesar Sportsbook has this set at 10.5 wins, and I would take the over on Alabama. Come on oh, now, your thoughts? Oh, <laughs> you know my thoughts. We're coming after this guy right away, Woj. He's got the over. I got the under. You're telling me this team is going to win 11 games? Maybe. Maybe, Story. But you know what that means. That means they drop less less, less than two games, Story. Less than two games. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this under hits. Woj is saying he's bringing in all this talent. All I'm hearing from other people that know what they're talking about, Woj, saying, hey, Alabama doesn't have any wide receivers. I agree with you a little bit on this, though, because, you know, you could say Alabama doesn't have wide receivers all you want, but, you know, every week, the Woj, he's going to be dropping some wide receivers on DraftKings. He's going to be giving you some DraftKings knowledge with those Alabama wide receivers. Hey, I'm going under on this one. I think it's not the easiest call to make in the world, but the juice I'm seeing on this, come on, plus 205, under 10.5. That's right where I am on this one, Woj. You know, I'd love to take the under, and I almost did. Uh, but it all comes down to the Texas A&M game. So their, their one loss to me 
is the last game of the season for him. That's the iron ball. You know, there's going to be somebody that throws a ball. It's going to bounce off a helmet, bounce into the stands, come back onto the field, hit off another guy's foot, and end up in one of the Auburn's players' hands with time already off for 20 seconds, and he's going to go score a touchdown, and they're going to win the game. I mean, that's just how the iron ball works, right? But that Texas A&M game could get sneaky. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I remember that from last year, but – any one of these games other than like UL Monroe, Austin Perry, I mean, they're not going to lose those teams. I mean, we'll see what comes down the stretch, but I am going to take the over. I think they do have one loss. Uh, if it's the Iron Bowl or not, they're going to have one, and I, I don't see them losing more than one. I think the odds are in my favor there, Wall. Well, yeah, that's what the bookmakers are telling you, but hey, you got to bet against them sometimes, baby. I bet against perfection because it's difficult as human beings to be perfect so hey we're on disagreement on this one but i guess you and story are on the same side yeah, i mean you, uh, bet against bet against saban coming off of a loss in the national championship game against at, at your own risk i just this this to me ends in a season where they where they win in atlanta and yeah i just don't see this with the schedule them losing two games but you know that's that's the way it is yeah let's uh let's move on team number two we're just going to go in alphabetical order here. Arkansas, Wall. Arkansas? They're the Razorbacks, Woj, right? Am I mistaken? <laughs> they the They're the Razorbacks. That's, We're talking about the Razorbacks. Team. They got this under at 7.5, Woj. And if you want that under, you got to pay some money. Minus 145 on DK. I don't know. KJ Jefferson, he is the guy there. That's my opinion. That's what I'm saying. They're coming off a 9-4 and four season, but they only have – 11 returning starters, you know, three of those are on defense. That's it, man. That's a lot of defense to replace. It's tough to get a defensive unit together. You'll hear about me talk about this on previews all throughout our episodes. I don't know. I think they had a good year last year. I'm not going to argue that, but I think it might've been that peak year for them. I'm going to hit the under seven and a half on this one. I just think there are some teams that could definitely lose to them. Heck, they played Cincinnati week one. Week one, that's a game they could lose. Cincinnati's not going to be as good as last year, but that is a game that they might not win. So I just see it going under. I think you're looking at four straight wins to begin the season, uh, and November uh, is really going to put them there. But, man, when this was at seven, I, I would have leaned towards the over. Remember, they did lose quite a few guys to the draft, including um, standout wide receiver Traylon Burks. Um, but you've got Alabama in there. You've got Ole Miss in there. You've got – Auburn in there, BYU. Uh, it's a it's tricky schedule. When it when it went up to seven and a half at seven, I could see taking the over at seven and a half. I think I got a shade, and I would I would go under on this. Just uh, looking at at where they're at right now. Uh, this one's easy with me replacing Terrell Burks, who was basically their their knight in shining armor last year. They obviously they still are going to keep KJ Jefferson at quarterback, but uh, I mean l- losing Burks is is too big. Uh, 66 catches last year. I, I don't see them getting the over here. I'm um, going under. That one's easy for me. Well, I got to come back at story here, man. Story, this is something I heard. And maybe, you know, this we're new in the season, so maybe I'm not where I should be. Maybe I'm not listening correctly to you. But I think you said that Arkansas is going to win their first four games. Is that what you said? That, that is correct. Four straight wins. Cincinnati. Now, remember, Cincinnati lost – um, their their quarterback to the draft this year, South Carolina, Missouri, and mm, Texas A&M. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Jimbo Fisher in that program. I don't see it this year. So yeah, four straight wins for the Razorbacks. Woo pig. 
hey, three straight wins. I wouldn't have come at you, but you're telling me that Arkansas is going to go in the fourth week of the season and beat Texas A&M in Texas? I don't know. I don't see it, but it'll be a good game to watch, hopefully, and then we will find out who's right on that one story. Um, we sure will. <laughs> Moving on, we got Auburn. Auburn uh, is going to be the team that beats <laughs> the one loss to Alabama this year, possibly, at the Iron Bowl. But we'll see. Uh, sorry, what are your thoughts on uh, on Auburn here and their uh, their efforts at quarterback? A uh, bit of a bit of a weird off season, um, for sure. And I think that Brian Harson uh, is probably on the chopping block, so he's got a, he's playing he's coaching for his job this year. What did they said at last I saw was uh, six and a half, right? So six and a half. Looking at the schedule, Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, those are all home games to start the season. Um, it gets tough after that, um, but this uh, this team could really be vaulted in the national conversation uh, with that easy schedule to start. So it's tough. But uh, I think they find a way to be competitive this year. I think that uh, they're going to play hard, and I, I would take the over six and a half. All right, well, what are your thoughts here? Well, that's all right. Let's continue the trend, baby. I'm going to go under six and a half. I love this. We're going back and forth disagreement amongst the pros. That's what they call us anyways. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the people call us. I, I just, I don't know. Tank Bigsby, he's good. I'll give you that. He's a good running back. Knicks going to Oregon, that does not help their cause. I understand they got Calzada. I believe Story mentioned that. But without that Bo Nix, I just think he was the program. Last year they didn't do so well. I understand that with him at the helm. But, you know, I, I have to go under six and a half on this one. A funny thing about that is Knicks went to Oregon, right? Auburn got the nose tackle, Jason Jones, from Oregon. So they're swapping players. I think Oregon might have got the better deal in this one. but. Nonetheless, that nose tackle, Jason Jones, he's a big dude. He's going to clog up things in the front. But I just don't see them getting, you know, over that six and a half mark. So I got to take the under on this one. Yeah, I'm with you on the under, under as well. Uh, I mean, they, they finished the season off terribly last year. Uh, they're awful as far as scoring. And Zach Calzada, I don't like Bo Nix as it is, but at least he could manage a game better. I, I don't like Zach Calzada. He looks like a chicken with his head cut off on the on the football field. And when your guy at the helm of all this is running around with his chicken, like his head cut off. I mean, that's why there's a four way competition right now for quarterback, because I don't think they trust Calzada. Um, and I don't either. So we'll see. I, I mean, their defense got a little bit of improvement from the transfer portal, but uh, again, that could be streaky. Uh, they get their, their win against the Alabama in the iron bowl. And they, they still fall short of this, the seven, I think in this one. So let's move on to Florida, the Gators wall. What are you thinking about the Gators this year? Well, they're sitting at seven right now. Well, we're sitting at seven, pretty even money on both sides. So that's what the books are thinking. It's going to come in at, you know, I, I can see a push in this one. You know, it's really tough with the SEC, these middle teams in the SEC. I mean, they're so close to each other that Really, it comes down to obviously one win on either side and who wins that game. So they're tough to pick. They got that Utah team that, you know, I don't know. They might lose to the Utes week one and 
in college football altogether. Man, do we have a great slate week one, but they're playing Utes. That's a game they might drop. They play Kentucky. Kentucky's a good team. I can't wait to talk about them, but that's a game I think they drop. UCF, Tennessee, Eastern Washington, I get it. They got wins there. LSU, I don't know. We'll see. Georgia, that's a loss. Texas A&M, you know, I like that team. That's a loss, but then I think they do probably win out. So I'm going to have to go over seven on this one. They're going to be running a 3-3-5 defense this year, which throws me off a little bit. It's more of a defense that you use for guarding the option, which is not really used in the SEC or putting that extra, you know, back in the game to guard against the pass, which I get that on the spread for the other side of the conference. But on their side, I don't know. That 3-3-5 really threw me off when I read about that and heard about that. So we'll see. But nonetheless, I'm going to stick over seven on this one. I'm going to go. I'm going to back the Gators. Yeah, this one back is. The, I, I, let me. Hey, let me step in because I, I want I want to get right in with Wall here because I'm hoping story goes in the under because I'm I'm going with the over as well. Anthony Richardson made huge gains last year, especially towards the end of the season. He was averaging 8.1 yards a play and ran for 401 yards and was responsible for nine scores in, in the last eight games last year. He made big improvements there. Uh, I just see them. They they still have a solid uh, running back core too. They have a really good long that's all back this year and healthy so i i like it and their schedule isn't that hard i mean yeah you do have the georgia on there which is going to be a little rougher but the rest of those teams are equal uh equal opponents for florida anybody any one of those teams could uh they should be able to beat on any given day especially with a quarterback like anthony richardson story what were your thoughts well, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with Anthony Richardson. He's probably, um, if not uh, one of the best, if not the best uh, dual threat quarterback that's currently in, in the SEC, probably in, in the country. Um, incredible talent. Now, the, the, the issue there is there are some tough teams on the schedule. You know, the schedule builders did not hand uh, them just the easiest one, but there's no Alabama this year. Uh, so first year coach Billy Napier has got his work cut out for him. In general, uh, with it being seven, that is a tough line. That might be the best or, or um, most uh, right there line that I could see on the schedule for the SEC. So I would shade over just a little bit, just a little bit. So I would take you over. That's, that's three overs. Ding, 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 three ding, ding. They're going under, that's for sure. But I will say, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Napier is coming in there. And one thing we should have probably mentioned is he's bringing that spread option offense with him most likely and what a perfect quarterback to be running that spread option offense story just mentioned his mobility and ability to pass i I mean anthony richardson's a perfect guy for this system so things really might click and hey this over maybe we're not all wrong though when we see those three check marks (laughs) we probably are all right and now on to the 2021 national champions who will open the season against oregon what a bomber of a game on opening day on the third of september but uh georgia only returning 10 starters wall for this year yeah but if you watched them last year and i i like georgia people know i've been a georgia fan for quite a while i like georgia i watched almost every single one of their games they had depth already i understand they lost nfl talent you know that makes sense to me but this is the most important thing and i know they lost a lot of guys on defense but You know, people always say defense wins championships. Well, here we have defense won championships last year, which it's as simple as that. Their defense won the national championship for them last year because they were so good. I mean, 
they need to replace that whole linebacking crew. But let's say that those linebackers now do half as good as the linebackers last year, who was led by Nicobe Dean. I'm sure you guys both remember Nicobe Dean. What a great, outstanding linebacker to watch. But he's now in the NFL. He's playing next level. They have to replace him. His replacement comes in. You know, I'm not sure who it'll be exactly, probably Johnson or Marshall. But he comes in. Let's say he's half as good as Nicobe Dean. They give up twice as many points in that circumstance. They're still going to beat most of the other teams that they're playing throughout the season. So, you know, I got to I don't like that 10 and a half. I know I went off on Alabama for saying you can't be perfect. I'm going to say the same thing with Georgia. I'm going to hold to my guns. I'm just going to take the under, even though I think they're a great team. I'm going to take under 10 and a half just because of the you know, big plus money you're getting there. But this Georgia team's really good. They're going to be contending for sure. Tough Story, to argue your that. thoughts on, uh, yeah, on Georgia? I mean, they're just so good. I mean, yeah, well, while, uh, while mentioned it, defense wins championships. And while I don't necessarily uh, agree with that adage all the time, it certainly came to fruition last year. Uh, but their their offense is going to get some playmakers back. Stetson Bennett was a decent quarterback. I hesitate to use the term game manager. Uh, he's got some uh, great tight ends, Brock Bowers. I think uh, Eric, uh, what's his name, Eric Gilbert is going to be back this year. He missed last year uh, because of personal reasons. Um, so the defending national champion, they've got a great chance of getting back to the college football playoffs. they got a great chance of getting back to the championship game. The road, the road uh, games aren't too daunting. Um, and then you got Alabama or Auburn and Mississippi State on the schedule. Um, I just, it's tough for me to see Georgia losing more than one game, right? And so we're back to this 10.5 is so much. Now, I think this open at 11 has been bet down, which makes sense. But at 10.5, I do not see two losses on the schedule. So I'm going to go over with Georgia. Yeah, I'd, uh, I, I, well, I'm going to follow a story on this. The, the, yeah, the defense did lose really good guys, but there's guys in the wings. I mean, you're going to be looking at people like uh, Colleen Ringo, the quarterback, Noah Smith, Robert Bale, a linebacker, uh, Jalen Carter for a lineman. I mean, those guys are going to be the guys replacing uh, Dean and, and uh, Jordan Davis and Trevon Walker. Um, so, I, I mean, they're going to fill in there. They still have a lot of their core players left on offense, including all of their offensive line, which is probably going to be the best offensive line in the country. I would imagine as if they played like they did last year, I, I mean, you're looking at Oregon, Samford, South Carolina, Kent state, Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt to start the season. Then you get a Florida at home. You have Tennessee, Mississippi state, Kentucky, Georgia tech. I mean, we talked about this last year that the schedule just set up well for them to win the national championship and it's doing kind of the same thing again. I mean, yeah. Or you get the key marquee first game of the TV at another date, but I just don't see them dropping or allowing these teams to score points on them. I mean, they get Florida at home, which is a big thing there. That's a big kicker. Um, actually, no, it'll be at a neutral field, but um, still, nevertheless, it's not in Gainesville. So um We'll see what happens, guys. Uh, I, I'm going to like the Georgia over. I think they, they do it again this year, and uh, I don't see them dropping two games in, in that lineup. Hey, Woj, while we're on this, I, I want to – we'll bring this up a couple times, but, you know, we're, we're picking all these games for the fans because the fans love it, man. We got such great feedback last year about, you know, picking the over-unders on all these season totals. I, I just want to say that we're not actually betting 
you know, the overall, I guess like showing speak for myself, but I'm pretty comfortable saying that story's probably not laying minus 230 on Georgia over 10 and a half, if I had to guess, but we're just, we're picking what we think. We These are not real bets we're doing, but we're doing it for the fans. So I, I probably won't lay to 10 and a half, you know, at plus 185. I'm just picking what I think is best if I absolutely had to, so. I think you're. I think you're right. Well, it's important to find value when placing sports betting. You want to be a smart uh, gambler, and uh, blindly betting every over/under total on every team in the SEC is not a smart proposition, not a winning proposition long term. So you want to have. Uh, you want to look for value. You want to find. Uh, the, you also want a line shot. Don't forget, we're giving you uh, the totals and the lines. Uh, for from one sports book, but uh, there's half a dozen or more in Illinois, and depending on where you live, there's up to 20 some sports books. So finding value there is also very important. So make sure you do your line shopping too. But uh, yeah, we're just we're just picking uh, the number of wins here. Yeah, we're gonna keep moving on. We have the uh, Will Levis-led Kentucky Wildcats, who averaged 32.3 points a game uh, last season. Uh, ended up being pretty good but uh lexington uh left uh as their uh, offensive coordinator for the rams uh so it'll be a tough shoes to fill for mark stoops uh, we'll see what happens there uh, well what are your thoughts on kentucky um my, my my thoughts on kentucky is that rodriguez is the man right like he is the kentucky wildcats as of late and yeah. i don't know what to say i i as of late they've just been winning Woj, like Kentucky has just been a team the past three or four years that just seems like they've been winning and they've been winning big games. So, I, I mean, I don't want to go against them here. Again, I mentioned that Rodriguez is the man. I think he's the man. The offensive line, you know, they might not be. So when you don't, when you lose some offensive linemen and you got to replace them, it doesn't matter how good your running back is, unless maybe he's a Barry Sanders or something. You, you got to replace those offensive linemen to block for him. And something that you said before too, Woj, you said, I'm sorry to get on a tangent, but you said Georgia has the best offensive line in the country. I, I think that's going to be Michigan this year. I just I wanted to correct you on that. I wish I wanted to correct you. So going right. back to Kentucky, yeah, Michigan, baby. I'm going to say over eight on this. I just think they've been a good team. I'm going to stick with the good team and go over on the win total at eight. Got to disagree with you here, Wall. I don't. Uh, it's not easy, but I'm going under on this one. There's just too many holes. Yeah, I love Chris Rodriguez, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. And anybody who's going to have him on their season-long fantasy team is going to be very, very happy. But this team lost perennial playmaker Wandale Robinson to the draft, who's now on the Giants. Um, that was as much of an all-star as you're going to see in college football. Um, they lost three O-line starters. They lost more than half their pieces on defense. There's just too many holes. The schedule's got too many uh, mountains for them to overcome, right? They got to face Georgia, which is probably going to determine the uh, the the uh, East division, that game there. But I don't think that uh, Kentucky's got it in them to overcome that. So I'm going under on the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, I like the under call. I mean, they're at Florida, at Old Miss. They do get Mississippi State at home, but they're at Tennessee, at Missouri, and then you get Georgia at home. And though all those games are going to be tough for them. Uh, maybe not necessarily the Missouri, but it still is at Missouri. They're out of conference schedules easy as all get out. It's Miami of Ohio, Youngston State, and NIU, uh, Northern Illinois University. So I don't see an issue there. They do get they do have Vanderbilt obviously, and then there's Louisville at the end of this end of the season. Uh, but again, Georgia, Tennessee, 
Old Miss, Mississippi State, Florida, and Missouri. They would have to win one of those games, maybe the Missouri game, or and then win out the rest of their schedule. So I don't know. I just I, I like the under. I think it's a safer bet there, just looking at that schedule. But they are a pretty good team, improved team. But I think all the SEC defenses are also improving. So uh, that that departure of Wanda Robinson is is a huge loss for them as well. Um, but I, I that's don't, my thoughts. I, I can't yeah. let this go by without uh, mentioning it. Well, uh, your, your slander against our hometown NIU Huskies is, will not go unnoticed here. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. They're not well, that said, good, guys. Come well, on. Said, no. They're, they're, what, are, what, are they, what was that story that they were in in the BCS? Uh, Whipple? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bowl or something? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. They've got, uh, they've got Jordan Lynch's uh, – um, uh, young brother, Justin Lynch, in this year. So it's going to be very exciting. That's all Excellent. I can say. Excellent. All right. Brian Kelly's got his work cut out for him at LSU, guys. Uh, can he pull it off? I think the, the long and short of it is no. No, he can't. This is I've, I've not been impressed with Brian Kelly with his time at Notre Dame, and he's got way too much uh, to, to get done here. Um, this is at, let me check this out. Where was this at today? This is at seven. Still, this is an easy under for me. I mean, yeah, they got a great quarterback, um, but they, they really, their offensive line is difficult to trust. Their secondary is in shambles. Um, they, they might get off to a hot start, right? They've got, uh, they got a, uh, a pretty decent schedule to start, but, uh, they're not, they don't have the depth to really com- to compete. So th- I, I see his first season, Brian Kelly's first season as under 500. I'm taking the under. Wall. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with story, unfortunately, <laughs> because I, I like when we're arguing back and forth and not agreeing with each other. But I'm I'm going under seven on this one. I do think though, if if a team like LSU that I mean the, the players basically gave up last year, it's consensus among a lot of people. If a coach can change that around, I do think that Brian Kelly's the man that maybe could do it. I'll go against Story a little bit there and say that I do think his tenure at Notre Dame was pretty good. I think he's a good coach. He's more of a disciplinary coach, I guess you'll say, which is the perfect guy to come into this situation. John Emery might be a plus side. I don't know if you guys remember him a couple of years ago. He sat out all the last year because of academics. I mean, uh, come on. But he's back this year. He's a really talented running back. Um, I don't know, only five starters back. I'm going under. I'm going to agree with Story on this one. Yeah, I like the under in the LSU. Uh, while you talked about John Emery being back, they have Keishon Boti back as well, wide receiver. Uh, after a season-ending leg injury, they have options um, at quarterback now with Nussmeier, uh fully healthy, Miles Brennan healthy, and now they have they transfer Jaden Daniels. Uh, so they have options there, but I, I just don't see it. The, the early in the season, they're going to have to play Mississippi State. Uh, and that'll be a tough one. Speaking of Mississippi State, Story, what are your thoughts on the Mike Leach program over there? Well, I think my thoughts on Mike Leach and this program in general are quite well known. But uh, putting aside any and all emotional ties to this, uh, I think that this team does not get to seven wins. I will get a, the over-under right now sitting at six and a half, um, minus 110. I would take the under here. I get that uh, they had some statement wins last year, and I get that their defense would surprise everybody. Uh, but I just don't think that this team can be consistent enough. Uh, you know, name name three wide receivers on this team that are going to sh- stand out, and you can't as good as much as this team throws the ball. They don't have any any consistent wide receivers there. Um, and 
I just don't trust Mike Leach to make adjustments when defense is key in. So I think that uh, this team is certainly going to put up points in bunches this year. And I think we're going to see uh, Will Rogers uh, again, throwing the ball all over the place. But for me, this is uh, this is an easy under on this Mississippi State Bulldogs. Wall? Will Rogers, man. He said it. Mr. Rogers. Come on now. Passing back there. Fourth in the nation last year, by the way, in passing yards. Mississippi State was. That probably surprises no one that is a fan of college football because I'm going to come back at story again. We've been fighting all episode. Mr. Leach is the man, Mr. Story. And the reason is I like your logic where if you're going to pass the ball a lot, you know, you need to have good receivers, right? And that makes sense. But in this specific air raid offense that Mr. Leach runs with his concepts, you can have mediocre receivers because you're passing the ball all around to different people. So I really like Will Rogers in this position. I think he's going to do well in this offense. I should say continue to do well in this offense with Mike Leach running it. If you guys do not follow us on Twitter, you need to follow us on Twitter. Check out this video we tweeted. Anybody see it about Mike Leach talking about how he could beat any other SEC coach in a in a 40-yard dash? Either you guys see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I that did, doesn't I did. That, that was good. Like that. <laughs> it was hilarious. And that's the reason, the main reason, I'm taking over six and a half because a winner mentality like that, I got to back a winner like that over six and a half. Although there is no chance he's beaten Lane Kiffin in a 40 yard. I was just going to say like Lane Kiffin is a stuff. Like there's, there's a winner mentality and then there's an actual psychopath mentality where you, yeah. So listen, he's, he's a character for sure, but yeah, he's delusional. So the, for that reason alone, I have to go under on the, on the Bulldogs. Yeah. Lane Kiffin would just get the fans to throw like, well, I guess that's Tennessee, isn't it? Tennessee just throws golf yeah, balls. Yeah. But 17 starters coming back. That's the most I think of anybody in the SEC. Uh, that's a big number. Uh, they lose uh, Micaiah Polk, the big wide receiver they did have, uh, 105 catches last year. But, uh, I mean, again, it's a Mike Leach team. It's an air raid. It's a spread offense. It's it, Sometimes that's tough to play against as uh, – even your Alabamas and Georgias at times, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. So they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. I do think six and a half is, is low. I'm going to go with wall in the over. I mean, you have a Memphis LSU Bowling Green, Texas A&M, uh, East Tennessee state. You have an Auburn, all those Arkansas, all those games are winnable for them. Uh, and yeah, you do have your Alabama, your Georgia, your Old Miss, your Kentucky, and all of those I think are at uh, those opponents. So we'll see. Uh, oh, I mentioned to say that they're at Arizona. I mean, that's a winnable game for them as well. So uh, I'll, <laughs> I, I, seven I could see uh, easily uh, in that in that lineup, especially with the non-conference schedule. Um, but. To be said, let's talk about some Missouri Tigers, boys. Missouri Tigers. Story, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the Tigers? Uh, this is a tough one, right? So uh, they lost a couple of key pieces on offense. They got a new quarterback in corner uh, in um, uh, uh, what is his name? Um, you'll have to remember. Uh, somebody remind me of his name. But they lost uh, Connor uh, Bazelek, I think, and they lost Tyler yes. Batty, right? Okay. So the SEC's all-purpose yes. yardage leader in 2021. Um, so that right there is a big blow to them. Um, they've got 
big guns on the on the schedule: Auburn, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas. Right, a lot of. Uh, but just looking at their 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 non-conference schedule, looking at uh, the fact that they got Vanderbilt on there, um, eh, it, it's tough for me. Uh, I'm seeing this between five and five and a half. If this was at five, I would go. Uh, I would take the over. At five and a half, I would take the under. I think that they can win six games, but I think if it's at five and a half, I don't want to. I, I wouldn't risk it. I, I would go under. So kind of uh, it just depends on where this line ends up when you bet it so that's that's where i'm at with this team i uh i like missouri this year or i will like missouri depending on their quarterback play so they have they have three people vying for the job they have a true freshman a sophomore and a in a redshirt freshman the true freshman is sam horn the sophomore is brady cook and the redshirt freshman is tyler mccann brady cook is probably the front runner I'm discussing as a sophomore here. Um, but they're going to have a pretty good receiving crew as well as running backs. I mean, they have a five-star freshman in Luther Burden as a wide receiver, and they have four-star back two four-star, uh, uh, excuse me, running backs in the helm as well. So maybe they do have the guys to fill in those big shoes, but I think it all comes down to the quarterback play and, and how consistent that can be this year. Wall, what do you think? Well, I mean, you mentioned all these stars, and th- this is something that really disappoints me about Missouri. They they have good recruiting classes, and they have for the past you know few years at least. The last two years, they've been in the top 20 in recruiting, recruiting classes, which that's where they're getting these four-star guys that you're talking about. But, you know, this is what I have to say about it. Like, what has come of it? You know, they, they haven't done anything. You know, a 6-7 and seven record last year with all that talent, I understand they're playing in the SEC. But come on, man, they have to do something with that talent. Now, I'm going to get on the other side of this train. I am going to take the over 5.5 just because – I think they have an easy schedule. Louisiana Tech, Abilene Christian, come on. Those are games that you can win without showing up. New Mexico State, they can go down there and win that game easy. I should say it was at home. They could win that game easy. Then you just fill in a couple other wins and you got it. But, I mean, this team is just – it's its been a disappointment. It's been tough to watch. I wish the real Jay-Z was on here because he's a big Missouri backer. I'd love to see what he had to say about this team. Well, you know, well, you mentioned the quarterbacks, but you, I think you, did you mention Jack Abraham yeah, I'm gonna take, in that group? I did not. I yeah. Did not. So that's an, so that's a, so he didn't earned a remember shirt, Jack Abraham. A, yeah. He earned a re- medical redshirt last year. That's the guy I was thinking about Jack Abraham, who could easily, I think it could come in and win this job. He was at, um, he was at, uh, what, where was he at? He was at um, Southern Miss for three years and then he was at Mississippi state, but he didn't, he didn't see the field last year because of the medical redshirt. So um, you really got four guys that could compete. So they're going to get the best of that bunch. And I think Missouri can, can make some noise in the SEC. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, moving on. We have the South Carolina Gamecocks. Well, what are your thoughts? I mean, everybody's going to be talking about Spencer Rattler over there from Oklahoma transferring. He's, he's yeah. going to be the spotlight at that program now, right? That's, that's what their program yeah. is going to be is Spencer Rattler. Am I wrong? Would somebody like to correct me? No, I mean, that, that is, uh, I mean, even last year when the news broke, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this is the, this is what it's going to be now. 
It is. And it's going to be his, his games to win or lose. And, you know, you can agree with that or not agree with it. We'll see how the season plays out. I'm going to take Spencer Rattler. I'm going to back him. I'm going to go over six on this. And, you know, this is a South Carolina team that last year they were top 10 in passing defense in the nation. They were seventh, which, you know, that you want to have a good passing defense, especially, you know, in, in 1999, 2000, 2001, back in that time, you could have a, you know, a suspect passing defense. Your secondary could be, you know, mediocre. You, you can't do that anymore because these teams are passing so much. A team like South Carolina that does have that good passing defense and has some returning cornerbacks. I know they got question at safety, but has some returning cornerbacks. I think they can really do well. But again, I'm going to go back to the point. It's Spentler, Spencer Rattler's season to win or lose. I'm going to back him. I'm going over six. I think the big question for this team is, is can the offensive line keep Spencer Rattler upright long enough for him to make plays downfield and for them to be a consistent attack on offense? And uh, while that is a big question, I, I hate to say it, but I agree with you, Well, like you, this team lives and dies by the arm of Spencer Rattler. Um, and no, no joke, he's a good, he's a good rushing threat too. So this, um, you know, this was a team that last year wasn't expected to, to, to be very good at all. And, and they were above 500. Um, second year coach uh, Shane Beamer uh, he's got a good offensive mind I think that this team can put it together and you're looking at uh, seven maybe eight wins for the Gamecocks I think if they're planning to get the seven to eight they really need Rattler to kind of rein in that freshman form back from Oklahoma uh, it's just such a tough schedule they have their their Clemson match they play they're at Florida uh, at Kentucky uh, they do have some cupcakes on there yet. Your Vanderbilt, your Georgia State, your Charlotte. Um, I think there's one more. I'm, it's flipping my mind or on the tip of my tongue, but I, it's just going to be tough. We'll, Texas A&M is another one. Yeah, that's a real tough, yeah, real easy <laughs> one there. Uh, <laughs> um, well, but hold on, we're going to get Texas A&M. We'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm gonna. This this year is gonna be tough. I think. I think once they get one year under their belt, Rattler gets some uh, some more recognition for the Gamecocks program. They can get a couple better uh, wide receivers for them. Maybe like the line, like Story talked about. Maybe they'll be able to do better. But I, I think they get to seven or eight if Rattler kind of hones in on that freshman Oklahoma Spencer Rattler. I think they get the six or five if uh, if he struggles and the line struggles and the defense continues to struggle like they did last year. Now let's talk about uh, one of my f- emerging favorite teams, Tennessee in the SEC. Wall? You know, well, I'm not going to touch this one with a 10-foot pole. I don't get it. You know, I, I'm hearing... I love college football. Well, you know this. So I, I listen to it. I read articles. I read all this. I listen to these podcasts. I listen to ESPN. And everybody's talking like Tennessee is, the, you know, the next coming, right? Next coming of Christ. And I, I don't get it. It's like they were 10 and 2 last season or something. No, they weren't. They were 7 and 6. So I, I don't have anything to say about this. I'm just going to, this is one of the real bets I'll put. I'll put under 7.5. And, and I'm putting my money on this one. Oh, All right, this, uh, I, I, I want to jump in here because I don't want the guy that took Hendon Hooker away from me to talk about Hendon Hooker and, and all the the great <laughs> things that, that happened last year up to their averaging of 39.3 points per game in the SEC. No, I want to talk first. Um, I, I do like it. I think their defense is is pretty is getting better. Um, 
they have a lot of options on uh, uh, offense to do whatever they want to, especially with uh, Hendon Hooker, receiver, receiver Cedric Tillman. Um, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of optimism in Knoxville uh, because of this team and what they were able to do last year. And now they give them one more year to hone in the defense a little bit better and, and maybe shore up some of the, the – offensive downfalls i really do think they have a, a pretty decent shot here to to rain some rain some fire in the sec uh your non-conference is ball state at pittsburgh akron um you have ut martin so there's a lot of easy games there you end the season with south carolina and vanderbilt so i i actually like tennessee's chances i'm going to take the over on tennessee story what are your thoughts well this team um the big question mark here is, of course, the defense. I think they allowed um, nearly 34 points per game uh, to opponents last year, so making them uh, one of the last in the SEC in that regard. And they haven't done a whole lot to kind of change that. That said, over, 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 over. This is a nine, maybe 10 win team. The schedule's not tough. They've got a dark horse candidate in Hopper he- Heisman in Hendon Hooker. They're gonna. Re- they've got uh, a couple of good replacements. They had to replace Valus Jones. Um, they lost him to the Bears um, of all teams um, this year. But they've got a, a wide open offense. Uh, their pace of play was first in the SEC last year. So they're gonna control this the tempo of the games. We're, I love watching this team play last year. I love watching Hendon Hooker play. Um, the guy's just an incredible talent. I think that uh, th- this team is going to be another strong contender in the SEC, so I'm going over all day long. Yeah, it was uh, 200 yards rushing per game at 33.6 points per game was what they gave up last year. But, but again, not much movement or addition to the defense there, so maybe another year and uh, they're able to do it. But like you said, the schedule sets up well for them to do fairly well this season. Don't, don't forget, bad defenses mean that Offenses have to respond, which which leads to fantasy points. So that's all well and <laughs> okay, good. Okay, okay, yeah, you go. Let's let's get off the hen and hooker train here for a little bit, and let's talk about Texas A&M, the Aggies. Wall. No, I'm gonna defer to Story on this one. Go ahead, Story. I think we all know how crappy Texas A&M is, right? So let let's let us hear it from you, Story. <laughs> well, I think it all boils down to Jumbo Fisher. Is that his name? Oh boy! Now Fisher. we're calling him. Now we're calling him names. This is this is the this is the man who has had a very difficult time handling matchups against equal or lesser opponents. Um, they've lost how many how many close games have they lost to inferior opponents? Um, so I, they're just not they're not built to win in the on the big stage. Um, that I don't see that this team can can really put it together. Um, you know, they could they could make some noise. I get it. And the schedule does set them up for some success. But they've got massive question marks uh, at, in the midfield. And I just don't think that this team has it uh, all together. So sitting at eight and a half, I'm going to go under eight and a half on that. And you get plus money odds on that if you take the under. Come on now, Story. Are you kidding me with that? I, let, let me tell you something. Jimbo Fisher, 34 and 14 at A&M. They are playing for this man. He is coaching them up. There is one team, well, technically two teams in the national championship, but there is a team in the regular season that beat Alabama last year. Does anybody remember who that is? Uh, I believe that was Texas A&M wall. It was. And coincidentally, we're talking about them right now. They are a good football team. Let me tell you, when Jimbo Fisher got out of Florida State, 
he made one of the best decisions he ever did in his life. There were reports that he just threw his – it was Christmas time. He just threw his Christmas tree with the lights and the ornaments and everything out in the curb to be picked up by the garbage. He got the hell out of there. Well, that was the smartest decision I've ever heard. I mean, I'm taking Texas A&M. This Anaya Smith, wide receiver, he's a great wide receiver. Is he not, Woj? He is, and I, I do like him. Uh, he's great for fantasy points because he's usually – well, they've fixed it now, but he used to be marked as a running back. But he just got arrested uh, for driving while intoxicated, unlawfully carrying a weapon, and marijuana possession. Uh, so that's Whoa. probably not good for his uh, his status as far as the first games. I don't know what the SEC protocol is going to be on that, but uh, that is to be determined, I guess, well. Yeah, that, that's rough. I mean, he's in college football, not the NFL. In the NFL, they'd be given a bonus, but I did not know that, Woj. So this doesn't really change my opinion, though. I mean, they got to bet on A-Chain. You know A-Chain, Woj, Mr. A-Chain. You're going to be putting him on your DraftKings rosters a couple weeks. I guarantee that. But they are a good football team. They are coached up. I got to go over eight and a half in this one. Uh, before we get to stories, just wrecking job of this uh, program and, and jumbo fishers. But uh, I'm going to talk about just they have Max Johnson, too. I, I mean, they, they had quarterback issues, right? I mean, that was a big problem with last year's team. And now they pick up a quarterback that is proven. We've watched Max Johnson at LSU. Um, I mean, the, I think they're going to be a much better improved team. So, uh, Story, I'm, I'm ready to hear what you're thinking. Well, I think I said it all uh, enough already. I uh, I don't think this team is is built to compete on the big stage, right? This is a team that put up 10 points against Colorado last year, a team that put 10 points on the board against Arkansas. Um, they just tend to flail in big spots. So for me, this is uh, this is under eight and a half, getting plus money. I'll take it. I mean, we just talked about that though. Max Johnson transferring. Where's the rebuttal to that? I'm hearing that Haynes King might compete for that job. That is not yet necessarily set in stone. So Let, let's be uh, take, real. That's 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 not happening. <laughs> okay, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, I don't feel confident that Jimbo Fisher can put a team on the field that is that can win in big spots. So for me, looking, you've got Arkansas on the schedule. You got Alabama. You got South Carolina. You got Ole Miss. Those are all uh, programs. Uh, plus, you got Auburn on there. Um, you know, th I think this team will be lucky to get to eight wins. All right, all right. Hey, listen, so for our next team, it's the last team in the SEC. I'm sure some of you have figured it out since we're going in alphabetical order. Probably the worst team in the – well, it is the worst team in the SEC. Uh, but listen, guys, they get to play at Hawaii on August 27th at 9.30 p.m. I mean, that, that's that's pretty cool, right? Vanderbilt, let's, let's talk about it, guys. At Hawaii, they get to go on, like, vacation for their first game. Well, I mean, that, that's all well and good, but um... – did you see what uh, uh, Vanderbilt's coach said earlier today? I did not. Okay, maybe it was yesterday, but um, uh, Vanderbilt's coach Clark Leah 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 I think Clark, his Clark name Lee, is I think. Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had said that when asked about uh, what where the program's going, he said that uh, uh, quote We oh, know in time <laughs> Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what what if he and I have the same definition of best program. Um, that's certainly a matter of debate. But um, you know they've got uh, no easy schedule. Uh, there's not much to this 
team, very offensively challenged, uh, finished last in the conference last year in yards per game, in uh, total offense, in scoring, um, and just they got <laughs> to play Georgia um, again this year too. So the over-under is at two and a half last time I saw it, um, and it's tough because if you were to take the under, you're, you're – I'm seeing anywhere from minus 150 to minus 170 on that. But uh, just having to choose a side here, I got to go under. This team is not not really put together yet. And, and they might get there, but they're, they're not getting to three wins this year. I mean, Story, they're, they're not just playing Georgia. They're playing Georgia at Georgia. They're playing Alabama at Alabama. They're finally get Ole Miss at home, but they're playing at Kentucky. They play Florida. They play Tennessee. I mean, where is it going to end? Their non-conference schedule is hard. Hawaii played was was an improved team last year. They got to play Hawaii. They play Wake Forest. And yes, I'll say it. NIU is going to beat Vanderbilt um, on September 17th. Did, did I well, reclaim I my NIU very... status here, my Illinois status with that comment? If you want to see the best team in the country, or soon to be best team in the country, <laughs> according to the coach, then you can come and see him in DeKalb, Illinois on uh, September 17th. 2.30 p.m. for everybody that wants to know. Well, I, I mean, may, if he's talking about academics, then, yeah, probably. They might be challenging Stanford or something, like trying to get up there and beating Stanford, but I, I don't know. I will say, you know, we're talking about this Hawaii game. They're going to come out as the, the a touchdown favorite against Hawaii. They just are. But it's going to be a tough game for them with the travel, all that, first game of the season. It'll be tough. And then Story mentioned how, you know, bad they are just – you know, I don't even know what he mentioned. I, I just know that in offense and defense, check this out, in offense and defense, scoring, rushing, and passing, they were bottom 100 in every single one of those categories. Bottom 100. So yeah, unless we're talking about academics here, I don't know. They're not a great team by any means, but two and a half, it's just, it's such a small number. So I, I'm going to go with the with the over two and a half. I'm not sure why to be honest with you, maybe they beat a team like Ole Miss just randomly, which by the way, Woj, we need to circle back on Ole Miss, but I don't know what that random game they're going to win is, but I think it'll be at least one to get them over to that three mark. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the over here, be a little surprising and take the over. Yeah, that's surprising. Cause I am definitely taking the under. Well, that about does it for the sec gentlemen, uh, Mike. Nah. <laughs> uh, I think you're missing. I think you're missing the easiest, uh, easiest bet on the board, Woj. What's, what's yeah. the easiest bet on the board? Give it to me, guys. I think you can thank Coach Lane Kiffin for that one and the Ole Miss Rebels <laughs> over seven and a half. No, uh, no, no. no. I, didn't, I didn't want to talk about them. <laughs> Under seven and a half story. Let's go at it, Woj. Who's first? You, you're the man. Who's first? Yeah, I mean, it's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is, is hard to understand. Uh, he... <laughs> He always has a decent team. He's got a good mindset, but they lose games. So I don't know. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the under on this, boys. That might find sound surprising. I would normally take the over, but I'm taking the under. I I got to swing in here and say that this, like I said earlier, this is probably the easiest bet on the entire SEC board, thanks to the offensive mind that is what Lane Kiffin. Right, this is an offense that ranked number one in the SEC a year ago, number two in pace to play, number six in college football uh, a year ago, and they have two noteworthy transfer players. Jackson Dart at quarterback and Zach Evans, former Michigan running back, is now on Ole Miss. So this team, uh, they've got a lot of a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They've got uh, some tough games on the schedule, but they've got some some games that are certainly walkovers too. So I think this team can easily start 
eight and zero. Um, and then you know they've got tough games coming up in um, Auburn, Texas A and M, Mississippi possibly. Mississippi and Ole Miss t- tend to play each other tough. Alabama, Arkansas, you know. So this uh, for me, this is an easy over at seven and a half. Back, back that bus up. Back that bus up. Under seven and a half. I mean, Story, you mentioned how great they were on offense, but you know what did we learn from last year? What did we learn from Georgia? We learned that the best defenses win championships. This team, yeah, they got a great offense. Lane Kiffin, he's a mastermind at offensive coordinator, but you got to have a defense. They don't have one. Kiffin says the defensive front is deeper this year than it has been. Well, we'll find out. Hopefully he's right because last year in the nation scoring 51st, that's not a top three or four SEC team. It's that caliber of that level. 105 in rushing defense. That is pathetic. It's sick. I don't know. You got to have a defense. The problem with them is their defense doesn't get any rest. So like Lane Kippen said, they have a deep defense. They need to have that because the players aren't getting any rest. Their offense is just scoring right down the field real quick, not giving any clock management. Their defense gets tired, can't hold up against the opposing offense. So for that reason, no defense under seven and a half, chalk it up. Yeah, that's two for the under, one for the over story. We'll see what happens there. I want to keep my eye on that one, but uh, again, I'm with Wall. I just Lane Kiffin makes stupid decisions sometimes, especially late in games, and and uh, I their de- their defense. Yeah, how can you not have an improved defense? Their defense has been terrible. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I know Story likes his offense, but we'll we'll see. Wow, surprise of the year right there. Story, thanks for joining us today for the SEC. I'm sure we'll have you on for another one of these previews coming up. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me back this year. Um, anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm more than happy to talk. Love talking college football uh, to the Rundown Nation. And, uh, oh, man, I just wish it was September already, right? Hell yeah, brother. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>